Welcome to What Is It About the Weather, where once a week we get together and look at the interesting ways that weather interjects itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek, and this week we're going to be talking about trust. Who do you trust? Do you call Ghostbusters when there's a ghost in your house? Do you trust them? Do you call an exterminator when there's bugs in your house? Do you trust them? When you're going to have a medical examination, do you trust your doctor? And does that trust hold when it's time for surgery or something more major? In any case, before we dive into the main topic, let me take a moment and pause and say thank you to all of you who support the podcast. Of course, particular shout out to those of you who have stepped up and provided a little monetary support to make it possible that we keep the podcast going that it's not this big money sinkhole which makes it a little easier for me to put the time into it so you get my time and hopefully you can help me with the the hard cost so thank you for those that support the podcast on patreon or paypal or if you're just telling people about it or rating us whatever it might be thank you for taking the time to do that for those of you who have not stepped up ever once and thought hmm it can't be that hard. You're right. It is not that hard. So head over to whatisitabouttheweather.com slash support sometime when you're just, you know, aimlessly doing nothing. Whatisitabouttheweather.com slash support and learn a little bit more about the easy ways in which you too can support the podcast. I tell you, it's been an interesting week. Trust is kind of all, all over it. And I don't want to dive right in the main topic, but Everything that I kind of, every story I came up with, everything I was doing this week was about trust. But let's hit a couple of those kind of not the main topic items and you'll see. So we had Apple, right? This was a a big story this week. Apple, new expensive, more than $1,000 for that little thing you hold in your hand. That we've had this tendency to buy every year to two. Well, or have you? I mean, you've had it subsidized. It's so much easier. It's like taxes, right? If you don't see what's going on, you don't always question it. But if you pay them directly, it, it's the old thing. If you pay by cash or something physical, you tend to pay a lot more attention to what you're spending money on. Versus where if you've got a Patreon subscription in the background, you, you just may not even think about it. When you get a credit card bill, you know you may go through the details, right? But many of us don't. Many of us don't. And Apple, same thing. So you get this big phone, and weather weather worked itself into it, right? So the, the phone was freezing up when people were going through big temperature changes. Now, they didn't have to go necessarily into freezing temperature. But let's say you're inside, and it's nice and warm, and you were going outside, and it was nice and cold. So something in the technology. And I haven't been able to find a good write-up on the why. I, you know, Those are the things that interest me about these kind of stories, which is what actually, I, I mean, I can hypothesize in my brain about what might have caused it. But in any case, it was, it was freezing up. It would become non-responsive. And if you pay $1,000 plus for something, now, you shouldn't assume that it's always going to work, but you tend to trust that it's going to not have problems like this. So apparently they've put out a software release this week that theoretically fixes the problem. I haven't seen any follow-up stories. This I think it came out just like yesterday. It always makes you wonder, though, doesn't it? 
if it's a hardware problem, how does the software fix it? But it also points to interesting age in which we live. So often you hear about the fixes that come out. There are a lot of ways to skin the cat, as the saying goes. And so there are a lot of ways to make the hardware think differently, act differently, even within its limitations. Now, in my humble opinion, the bigger story with the Apple phone potential issue, this new phone, is this Face ID that we're finding just might be a little easier to cheat the system than they had put forward. Be interesting to see where that goes. I don't think that's a weather issue. Although I heard it could be interesting. There was an interesting thing on that. Somebody had a problem with it that they trained their phone, apparently. And I I heard this secondhand, so I haven't seen the story. So just take it as it is. Don't necessarily trust it off off the uh, mark there. But what was happening is they trained their face when they were just normal, late night, whatever it might be. And they were wearing makeup with sunscreen in it. Now, sunscreen has properties depending on the type of sunscreen you use. Right. Some of them focus on different aspects of defeating the sun, if you will. But one of those is to reflect infrared radiation away from you. And these phone, this face ID stuff apparently uses that. So it was causing that to not work. So, again, interesting. Not so much to beat it, but it kept you from being able to use your phone, which kind of makes it pointless. You know, the other thing, satellite. I told you last week about this satellite that was going up. But a battery, a battery kept it from going up. And then I start to wonder, who do you trust? The battery or the sensor that's measuring the battery? Our tendency is to trust sensors. But you've seen plenty of movies, now whether this is true or not, where people flick sensors and go, oh, don't believe that. It's just, it's not accurate. And there's probably truth to that too. So who do you trust? In any case, what happened with the satellite this week is the weather stopped the weather satellite from launching. Yeah, I know. The irony, right? Winds winds kept it from being launched. So hopefully, hopefully this weekend. It was weird. They, it's like a very short window during which they could launch it. They said they've got some 67-second window during which a launch could take place. I don't think that's enough leeway, in my opinion, to work with. But we'll see where that goes. All right, let's jump into the main topic. Trust. I've had, again, I've just been hit on it by many fronts this week, had conversations with people about trust. Who do you trust? Why do you trust them? And certainly we live in a a day and age where there's so many things coming at us that maybe we haven't experienced before. The, The social media age in which we live, all these different sources of information. Certainly the political environment that we're living in. But even the the recent stories that we've been dealing with on sexual assault, and this is a, it's a very difficult thing. So, for instance, in the United States, we supposedly live in a country where the laws suggest you're innocent until proven guilty. Now, I know not every country works under that model. A lot of them are just the opposite, guilty until proven innocent. But some of these things and topics like this are, are a case of that. So let's say you have a single accuser, a single accusee, and no witnesses. Right. No obvious witnesses. Certainly, if something happened a long time ago, there's not going to be other evidence that might be present that makes it easier to prove or disprove a situation. So who do you trust? Why do you trust person A over person B? You know, Is it your politics? Does it make you trust somebody in a specific party who says something and not somebody in something else? And what I would tell you is, in, in case of politics... 
you should always take party out of it when you've got issues this big and say, all right, well, if I'm going to distrust this person, then I shouldn't necessarily inherently trust somebody in my own political leanings. Right. So it, it makes us think about trust and how our trust is formed. And, and, and that's an interesting, you know, I guess, opening volley into this idea, which is who do you trust and why? Where, where does that trust come from? Right. Is it a function of your family? Right. You grew up in a certain way and maybe your parents trusted somebody or your siblings trusted somebody. So you do. Now, some of us may have had experiences in our childhood that would suggest that families completely the people not to trust. Right. And, you know, we got burned early on or something like that. And it makes you distrust anything maybe a specific sibling or parent might say. Is it your friends? You know, you have people around you. Maybe you trust them. And so I, th I think that that kind of double-layered trust is an element into it, right? Different types of people we look at around us. And if we trust them, maybe we trust them to help us find people we trust for other situations that aren't related to them. Maybe it's about our education, the way we were brought up. I can tell you that I've become more skeptical, which I think is a good thing, when I went back to grad school. And it's made me look at situations differently. But it doesn't even have to be that. You know, a lot of it can be just life experiences. You know, doctors, and we've talked about doctors before with this kind of thing. You may trust a doctor to make a diagnosis and go, well, I don't think it's all that complicated. So I'll trust, you know, general person here knows a little bit about a lot of things, but I can tell you when I was going in for surgery and somebody was going to be cutting on the top of my head and cutting into my neck, right? That you, you, I hope you pause. I paused and go, do, do I trust this person that's going to do this? And based on what do I trust them? So it might be a history you have with somebody. It might be your perception that they appear trustworthy. It might be your own biases. We'll get back to biases of are you prone to trust people or are you trustworthy in up to a certain level, right? Do you have thresholds that define that? Or for that matter, on the other side of it, are there certain characteristics you look for for someone to be trustworthy Right, And this, I do think, works its way into politics because we look and we evaluate people, you know, partly maybe on ideological stances, but a lot of times you just go, I either trust that person or not, whether you, you know, whether they're on your side of the argument or not. So you may look at certain politicians and go, I wouldn't trust them with anything or an actor or uh, a meteorologist or a doctor, whoever it is. So is it, you know, something that they're charismatic? Is it something that, you know, their physical strength or presence that drives that? So I think there's a lot of things that go into the trust factor. But how do you use that when it comes to weather? Now, this coming probably in the next episode or the one after, I'm, I think I've mentioned this before. 
I'm going to be doing a presentation at the American Meteorological Society. Maybe I didn't tell you guys yet. So just so you know, I'm going to be doing it about podcast. And specifically about this weather-ready nation concept. Now, you know, last spring we had this thing where a lot of weather-related podcasts got, I don't know, applied and got accepted or became part of something called the Weather Ready Nation Ambassadors here in the U.S., for those of you in the U.S., if you don't know that phrase, well, <laughs> I'm not doing a good enough job. But for around the globe, you may not be familiar with the term, but the idea is about how we're trying to help, in, in the case of the ambassadors, trying to help make sure people are ready to deal with specific weather situations. You know, that are relevant to wherever you are. If you live in Miami, you may not be worried about a blizzard, right? But a hurricane, for sure. And I'm going to be talking about the role of podcast plays in that. And I want to have you guys take a survey. And I was working on that this week, and and this trust thing came up as part of that. And I got sidetracked with trust, and sidetracked with trust for other things that came up in my everyday life. And so the survey didn't get done. So next week, I'm going to probably hit you guys with this, because I really would like you guys to give me your feedback. I've gotten some of it from you over the time. And that's the basis for this whole presentation to begin with. But I really would like to get, I guess, some more targeted feedback. Survey won't be long, I promise. And it may hit on this trust factor. I think it'll that'll be part of it. This thing kind of was born out of that. I look at that and go, this would be an interesting study. And the reason I think it is is because a lot of talk about trust in meteorology in the last, let's say, 10 years, has been this kind of, I want to call it a battle, I don't know that battle's the right thing, between traditional broadcast meteorologists and the social media thing. And how television stations are, are, and it's not just weather, right? It's television stations in general, just like newspapers and everything else, local, right, are, are fighting this battle to remain relevant. And a lot of studies that I've seen have pointed to you know how people trust their broadcast meteorologists, not just for the weather, but as a scientifically oriented mind. So they, they might trust them on other topics as well. But I've also seen studies that news agencies are less credible than they used to be. And again, some of that might be the political environment that we live in. I get that. But I think generally speaking, what social media has done is this speed to get a story out, I think, makes any of us who try to do things in a hurry more prone to errors. Now, does that mean people shouldn't trust you because of that? No. But if you make more errors, I think people are going to become more inclined to distrust. Although I see a lot of evidence that would suggest it's the opposite. People are accepting the fact that stuff happening in a hurry means that the first volley, okay, is not always going to be 100% accurate. It might be full of typos or whatever it is. And so if the errors are what would be rated as trivial, I don't think they impact as much. Now, it drives me nuts, right? I know it does me personally, but I'm not sure everybody follows into that. So like I said, we have this big thing, and there have been a lot of studies that in some way it kind of, to me, points to make broadcast meteorologists feel better about, you know, their positioning. But, you know, all this stuff... And it's the same way, it's like with the Apple story with technology, but it's with any technology. I mean, 
we tend to trust a Google or an Apple or whoever it is to some extent. We give them tons of information. Facebook, I mean, Jiminy Cricket, look at all the stuff you throw out there that they have access to. And so I'm always encouraged when we see reason to pause and not give these people just blind trust. Because I don't know what they've necessarily done to earn it. Let's keep in mind, end of day, end of day, most of the stuff that's going on out in the world, all this stuff you get supposedly for free from Facebook or Google, they're, they're in the business to make money, folks. Local television stations are in the business to make money. Much of what we do is about being in the business to make money. Our jobs. You know, doctors, yeah, I know there are exceptions, but we live in a world where money is the primary driver for many things. You got to eat, you got to drink, you got to put a roof over your head. So even those of us who like to think of ourselves as being more noble, having a greater purpose, giving and, and I know again there are people that give of everything you know people of certain faiths people th- that are there are doctors that basically just go out get trained and spend their lives essentially helping people that don't have access to this money right but generally speaking we all have to get enough of that money to go around and that's got to influence things and corporations particularly are not people right? They're, they're made up of people and of different levels of trust and ethics and everything else. So that all influences that trust factor. So I guess my first thing is before we get into the specific questions I have is, you know, it's not bad to question, right? I I don't care who you are. I would hope that most of the people that listen to this podcast who don't know me, right? I, you know, some that know me at least have some other basis to make a decision. Don't blindly trust everything I say. Now, at the same time, if it's something where I think trust or a statement that is made needs to be substantiated, I put those links in the show notes for that very reason, because I don't want you to blindly trust me. I want you to investigate and be a questioning mind and be a critical thinker. You know, when you look at things like conspiracy theories, I don't. The, the reason I don't always dismiss them. Okay, so I had an example this week. Somebody put a comment in the YouTube about I did a, a what is it about clouds episode about gravity waves. Now, gravity waves also kick off this whole chemtrail debate. I'm not going to get in the debate here in the podcast, but the questions that were asked were just not meaningful. Right, You look at it, and it was one of those things. I could have responded to them and said, well, why do you believe that? Because, But I know that that's not what their purpose is. So if you're that person that posted those comments, you can send me an email. What is about the weather.com slash contact? Send me a form, and I'll answer you directly. I'm not going to do it in something that seemed to be baiting me to try to answer them. But conspiracy theories, and and chemtrails has been one of them, aren't born out of nothingness a lot of times. And so I do, I look at them and go, it's like ancient aliens or whatever show you might watch. I think it's good to have those questions and not blindly necessarily follow the accepted norms because that's how you as an individual become a critical thinker. People that dismiss something out of hand because of their background or faith or whatever it might be, that's not healthy. Doesn't, doesn't do any good in every case. Some cases don't matter. But just to say, well, that's not because. 
because someone else told me or whatever else. At the end of the day, some things, you've got to decide which those are, of course, should become important enough to you to, to question who do you trust and why do you trust them? Because somebody told you, right? So keep in mind, a lot of people that we tend to trust, they are, whether it's them or their parent organization, are in it to make money. So you may find a reporter trustworthy or a meteorologist trustworthy. But their parent organization just wants you to read their stuff or watch them. And their objective is to get you to do as much of that as possible. So ultimately, if you have a big radio show nationally or you're a big time reporter, whatever else, you are going to at some point fall into that. And it's reasonable for people to question you as well. And always look to people that are flipping and dismissing people that question them. But understand also on the flip side of that are the questions reasonably reasonable that are being asked. So this person asked questions that I didn't think were reasonable. So I didn't subject the rest of the people who might go to that video to them. Glad to answer them, but I knew they were nonsensical. But we've each got to make those calls. And, you know, the end of day, it becomes a, what is your process? So that was where I, it gets back to the, the basics with this thing, right? So someone, I was having a conversation with somebody. I'm not going to get into the details, but I realized that generally speaking, that me compared to this other person I was being, that, that I was discussing, I'm just not as prone to trust people in certain circumstances, Right. But I think we all have these different thresholds. And that's where it's interesting to me with weather. Okay? Because who do you trust? So let's just walk through a step of questions. Who do you trust to give you a weather forecast? Who do you trust? Now, your answer on that one might be nobody at all. <laughs> you may look at it, and it's a reasonable thing. You may say, you know, I just carry an umbrella. I live in a region where it rains a lot, so I just carry an umbrella. That's not worth it to me. Because you recognize a forecast for what it is. It is still a forecast. It's not, a, I can say with precision, we're looking forward in time. Now, again, more confidence, more uncertainty, less uncertainty, whatever those things come into it, and you're going to know that. But you also might look to a certain source. You may say, my phone, and we've talked about this, my phone is good enough for most days. And that's been the rub of a lot of broadcast meteorologists is they need your eyes. And, and this is in, you know kind of the serious moment here. They need your eyes on them all the time because that's how their station can justify charging ad companies for more revenue, whatever it might be. So it is kind of a bit of a double-edged sword. You can say, well, my phone's good enough. But then it moves up a little bit, right? To, to kind of the next level, who do you trust to educate you about weather? And you may say, well, actually, I trust podcasting. You know, I like it. It's a it's a good form. They tell me useful things. They give me links to support it, yada, 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 whatever it might be. Or you may go to a certain source. Or, you know, here I am been teaching. Do the students trust me to educate them? Do they trust me over a different teacher and why? Because I've had those conversations come up too, and I find it interesting. Why is it that they might trust me for certain things, yet a different professor for other things? And I can come up with reasons, and some of them are sound, and some of them might not be. 
some of them might go, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't trust me. <laughs> maybe you really should be trusting that other person. But whether is, a, is an interesting stepped process, right? So we talked about who do you trust to get forecasts. In, in a baseline, who, who might you trust to educate you scientifically on a topic? Then the question is, as you get ready for weather, and that's the, really the forecast thing, as you're preparing to deal with weather, who do you trust? And it doesn't have to be a person. What source? Who do you trust? Who do you trust to protect you from weather when you're trying to avoid certain weather? Right? So a little more important. It's not just your run-of-mill forecast, but we step it up a little bit. So do you turn, and that's what the studies tend to show, and again, I'll have a couple links in the show notes where you can read through this. I'm not going to call them out by name because a couple of them are ones that I, I te- folks I tend to refer to a lot. I don't want to give them too much press again and again each week. But there have been some interesting write-ups on this topic. And again, a lot of it gets back to this whole television-based weather forecasting piece. But, you know, a lot of people, an example... And this was not something I looked at. Capital Weather Gang in D.C. And you've heard me mention them before. Not only do they do these interesting articles, they do forecasting for the D.C. area. In D.C., they may be a trusted source, right? So in preparing, you may go to there. But when it comes to the next level, when you want to avoid that weather, right? Or protect some of your surroundings. You know, maybe the day is calling for severe weather and you really want to know the scoop. What's going on? Somebody who's telling me like it is, giving me a good sense of what the risks are and what the uncertainty is. It's really telling the story right. Who is that? Who do you trust to save you during a severe weather event? So now it's gotten to that event. Maybe you're not full-blown in it yet, but who do you trust? Is that when you turn on the TV? Is that when you turn on your weather radio? I don't know. Maybe you leave it off the rest of the time until you hear severe weather's coming. Do you even know? And this is, I know I'm getting, I get U.S.-centric sometimes, but here in the U.S. we have weather station, or weather offices, I should say, the National Weather Service. Do you know where your local weather office is? Do you know a meteorologist that works there? Yet, do you trust their forecast? Do you know how much their forecast might be influencing what the, your trusted source says? So just keep that in mind. And, and I, I think this probably holds around the globe. You know, some countries have more of a, I guess, a weather organization that provides information for them than others. But are those part of your trusted things? Do you count on a service like the weather radio to inform you when it gets bad? And then, of course, there's this next level, which is who do you trust to get you out of a weather-related situation when it's gone bad, right? You're in the middle of a blizzard, and you're going to get out. Tornadoes headed straight for your house. Is there anybody else you call on? You know, does it switch at some point? Do you make the move from meteorologist to somebody like an emergency manager or just a family member? That you, Maybe the family member is the whole thing. Maybe the question to all these things is you've always counted on a parent or a sibling or a friend 
that you know has gotten you out of dangerous type situations. So you know a hurricane's coming in, you're stuck where you are. Who are you going to count on to make sure they're there for you? Who would you want to be with? Or to get, like I said, get you out of a blizzard to safety. Whatever it might be. Whatever your weather event is where you are. So those are the things I'd really, I'd, I'd love to hear from you guys. I know not everybody writes in. So if you have thoughts on that, great. Please share them with me. But I also think you should walk yourself through that. And if at some point, and th- this is the weird thing, it says at some point you count on somebody who is involved in the food chain of got to make a living, you know, think about what you do to support them in the times when maybe they could use your benefit, right? So your eyes on them or you're listening to them or you're reading their stuff. Just keep that in mind. I'm not saying that, you know, drastically change who you are, but maybe you do turn on the television and watch them more often, even if it's on in the background, just to make sure that they're able to keep doing what they do. Or it's a local office, wherever you are, wherever you are. You know, if if your stuff's funded by the government, maybe you don't need to worry about it. Maybe you don't. Do whatever you need to do to keep paying, you know, your taxes that help keep them with their jobs or support them when they're in need, right? When there's legislation coming up that might impact them, whatever it is. Keep yourself informed about them. But as you step through that thing from preparing or being educated to being protected, to saving you, to clear out getting you out of danger, so when it's almost too late, who do you trust? And there's two follow-ons of that, that that I'm kind of curious about. So if you're going to take the time to respond to me, and I hope some of you will. Like I said, I'd like to follow up. And this is something, I don't know that I'll research it, but yeah, I may research it with somebody else. I don't know that I'm the one to lead this. Is how have those people changed over time? As you've gotten older or you know, maybe you went from being single to being married and you're, you've got this direct influence around you. How has it changed? And... And if you take the word weather out of it, are those people the same? Like I said, if if you trusted a family member for all these other things, you may trust them no matter what it is. You know, So don't say, save me or protect me in a weather thing. Just in general, I count on these people. So when does the threshold involve meteorologists? When does it stop involving meteorologists or weather people? Whichever you want to call us, you know, we're, we're pretty flexible. Let me know. What is it about the weather at gmail.com? You can answer any of these questions. I, just general thoughts. Trust in meteorology, trust in weather people. What's the threshold? When do you count on the pros versus counting on people you know? You know just interesting ways to think about it. All right, so for those of you here in the U.S., you're probably going to be listening to this as you're getting ready for Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. And I know people always think, you know, Christmas is the big holiday and all that, and it is. But Thanksgiving happens in a very specific setup that gives us this long weekend, and it's also crazy travel week. Kids are out of school to some degree. Families are getting together. This is like the family holiday. Christmas, yeah, it is, but a lot of times with Christmas, it's about, you know, getting up and opening presents or whatever it is. Thanksgiving, for whatever reason, is this big family event where we get together and we watch sporting events and we fight, whatever it might be. 
I just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. May it not be too stressful. May you have a good time with your family. Just make the most of it. May your weather be interesting. May your weather be enjoyable. May your weather give you something useful to talk about that doesn't cause arguments or fights in your house because those things do happen. And if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know, you know that you can take that weather conversation and make it much more than just the weather itself. Because as we all know, as we all know, there's much more to weather than the weather itself. This is two white super production. We're tired of hearing our uncle grovel, so please support him on Patreon dot com slash weather.